Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, March 31st, and it is Connor Schellenberger's world, and we are all just lucky enough to be living in it. I'm Jordy from Barstool, and with me, as always, we're joined by my good friend and yours, Dukes is in the lab. Dukes, it was a, a tough weekend for your Notre Dame fighting Irish who got to enjoy maybe I don't know. What do we want to call it? Maybe like 144 hours as the top team in the country before being on the receiving end of a classic Virginia beatdown at Arlotta. So how how we how we feeling heading into this week? You had to get a loss out of the way. It's not a shocking loss. I think Virginia hungry dogs run faster. Um, coming off that brutal overtime loss to Maryland, I know it doesn't make sense, but it does make sense. If Maryland, if Virginia won that game, I think I think I think Notre Dame wins by five. If I think it, I think it, I think it's reverse. I think okay. that like I think that like when you lose that game a game like that to Maryland like like Virginia did when you lose in embarrassing fashion twice last year, and then you lose again after they lose like when it's like supposed to be like all right now it's our year. I think that they, they can put a, a chip on the shoulder for those. I mean. Do we just want to jump into that game right away or no? Yeah, I mean, I thought that that was a great spin zone right out of the gate. We're not blaming Notre Dame on losing at home uh, as the number one team in the country. We're blaming Maryland for beating Virginia. So it, yeah, like, like that, lo- that loss that loss isn't on Notre Dame. It's actually Maryland's fault. So that's that's a good way to look at it. Definitely something that Coach Corrigan might be. Uh, I'm sure he's saying the same thing in the locker room. Like definitely got to be where where his mind's at. Uh, I mean. Listen, maybe not a game that lived up to the billing, especially because, you know, the Notre Dame-Maryland game at the beginning of March, one of the best games of the season, goes to overtime. Chris Cav sending it to overtime. Pat Cav ending the damn thing. Awesome game. Uh, The Virginia-Maryland game the other week, definitely the best game of the season so far. Overtime thriller, uh, crazy saves, Brian Ruppel, the whole show and shebang. This one, I was... I mean, I, I guess it's kind of on us for expecting just three incredible games out of these three teams uh, in a row. Like, obviously, we needed a letdown. This one was a letdown in terms of, like, the actual gameplay. But also, the atmosphere at Arlotta was incredible. So, um, I mean, Dukes, this is you, you can take this either way you want to go with it. If you want to talk about the game first, if you want to talk about the atmosphere first. Uh, but, yeah, obviously the biggest game of the weekend, uh, Virginia getting a 15-10 to 10 win over Notre Dame. Uh, and it was just the Connor Schellenberger show from start to finish. Yeah, like we were even thinking about going live for the second half of that game, um, which is something that we're going to start doing now that like college basketball is wrapping up. Uh, do some like afternoon like watch alongs. Um, but I don't even know where to start in general besides one Xander Dixon is ridiculous. I, I don't even like is it fair to even call him underrated or is he just been putting on show after show? It feels like game after game for the past two or three years now. Um, I think one of the most underrated shooters in college across. Um, I think that like. Just the way that like Cormier, Shelley gets so much attention. Like not even like, I think that they get like, I think that's like, I don't know if it's just a media thing, but I would like to see like how much coaches pay attention to Xander Dixon in the film room, because I feel like he's been so consistent for three years now. 
so I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from Xander Dixon as a player, but like the hockey brain in me is thinking uh so like Sidney Crosby pretty like pretty pretty known for this where you put anybody on Sidney Crosby's line and all of a sudden they're one of like the top 10 players in the league like just because they're playing with Crosby and Crosby makes everyone that he plays with that much better. So like if if any other hockey brains are out there listening like a guy like Jake Gunsel if he's not playing with Sidney Crosby, is he like that special of a player? Maybe, maybe not. But because he's playing with Crosby, he's like just a, a guy who can kill you at, at any given notice. Uh, so Xander Dixon, if he didn't have Shelly out there with him, is he that special of a player? Could be, but also maybe not. Like maybe the fact that, uh, you know, teams have to worry so much about a guy like Connor Schellenberger allow Xander Dixon to then bury them with a quick six goals and one assist. So that's, I I don't want that to be twisted. Like I'm saying Xander Dixon is nothing without Connor Schellenberger, but I'm it saying like it, it kind of does sound like I'm it saying sounds that. like it. Say it, say it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the one to say it. If, if anyone clips this out in a, in a, in a, in a particular clip. way, I'm not going to be the one to say it, but I am going to say that Xander Dixon, maybe, Here's here's a good way to say it. He's the perfect player to play with Connor Schellenberger because so, he's just going to finish everything. I I, I I agree with what you're saying. I don't think Xander Dixon is like a guy that like if Schellenberger goes away, he's going to be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start initiating the offense. Like he can't just take over Schellenberger's role. But yeah, I mean, I think that he's good at what he does. And that's that's shooting the lacrosse ball and getting it into the back of the net, getting it past the goalie and into the back of the net. Granted, like I think Noon's got a lot of shine for like oh like let's calm the fuck down first off like I I was pissed off on the broadcast when they're like he he, he was great last year Noon's obviously he hasn't played well this year thus far but the way that they were sucking him off on the broadcast being like he's had a fantastic game he had like fifty five percent save percentage it's not like he played out of his mind he made the saves he was supposed to make Entman on the other hand like he was getting lit up on the crease shame on the Notre Dame de- defense for giving them that e- those easy shots like. My, my, I'm not like going off about Xander Dixon having a great game because of this game. It's just in general. And like when you have six goals, you have to get some praise. But I thought the like what the shots that Noons faced versus Entman, Entman had way, way harder shots. Like they weren't very savable shots. There's there's shots that he can save, and you'll be like, wow, that's why he's like the best goalie in college across. But I don't know. Yeah, just, I mean, I mean, Noons, Noons was get Noons didn't even have a chance to see where the ball was before it ended up in the back of the net because it was just Schellenberger dodging from X, throwing yes. it above the cage, and then Xander Dixon being open, not even open by the time that Schellenberger throws it. Yeah. He like throws it and then like instantaneously Dixon gets open right after that, ends up right in a stick, and then it ends up in the back of the net. Like the again, the the perfect player to play with Connor Schellenberger because he's going. He's going to draw two. He's going to draw a slide. He's going to draw at least like four sets of eyes on him. And then the moment that those eyes are off Sander Dixon, he just cuts to the perfect spot. Ball ends up in a stick back of the net. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know if there's enough that I can say about how goddamn dominant Connor Schellenberger was in this game. And I know that he's had some games so far this year where he's, it, he just hasn't really like, completely taken over the game right he hasn't just announced that he's the the biggest baddest dude on that field this was one where 
like, dude, he had Chris fake. Who's one of the best poles in the country spinning out there all day, like had no answer to what he was doing, whether, uh, you know, dude, there, there were a couple where he's just setting up for Mex pick is right there. And he sends uh fake the opposite way, just denies the pick plants back hard to his right. Uh, just unbelievable performance out of him. Yeah. The tough, tough showing for the Notre Dame defense. They didn't have much to show in this one. I have a take, a, a take quick. One, I think that Chris fake has gotten like, I don't know if it's year after year, a little bit worse from his freshman year, but there's some games where he gets exposed. Like I, I don't want to say exposed because then he can have a comeback game like right after, but sometimes he just has inconsistent play. And I don't know if it's like, I forget he locked up a really good attackman. I, 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 that's not like I'm not breaking news that I have a lacrosse podcast, but like, yeah, he's, he, I forget who it was. Point being is that there's just like, I, I don't know if it's, we're going to see another showing like that who can expose, but like Shelly is one of those dudes that like, I don't think, I don't think he wants to see again. I don't think he, I don't think, I don't think that he wants that. No, like, because like it wasn't even close. Like it, it wasn't like, uh, you know, like, you know, he was in his gloves and Shelly was just able to like kind of get away and, and, and get a few, like, no, it was like, he just took him to the woodshed yes. possession after possession. Um, and yeah, what I will say, I think Chris fake was an unbelievable freshman, but he's also, I don't, I don't know. Like what, what was he getting like matchup wise his freshman year? Probably, you know, may, at, at the most, the second best attackman, um, you know, maybe sometimes even trying to lock up the third best attackman out there. So, you know, when you keep working your way up and up the depth chart and now you're tasked with guarding arguably, arguably the best lacrosse player on the planet right now, whether it's college or pro. You think so? Dude, I think he does every like. I, I mean, I, I've said I, it. I've I, said this is a I think, yeah, I think he does everything. Unbelievable. I think that he's unbelievable dodger, unbelievable finisher, unbelievable shooter. Both ends. Ride, ride, rides his dick off. Can like, play midfield or attack. Can I mean, play midfield. Had, or, yeah. The, the only argument is, would you put Brennan? I think Brennan's pretty close. Yeah, I I just you think have, that I think I think if you had I think this is a I don't even know if this I pick Connor because of what he can do overall. Like you could just fit him into any offense, and he, he can be a starter from day one. But if, I think if you put Brennan and in the in the PLL, he could he could be rookie of the year. I yeah I I, I think I he's more like I, I don't ready. think you can go wrong with either of them. But I think what you kind of what you said. I think that Shelley yeah. does more so safe. Yeah, like yeah, he he just does so way safe. more, and like everything he does is just nasty. Where the things that Brennan does are equally as nasty. Um, maybe the best face dodge on the planet right now, Brennan O'Neill. But yeah, I, I don't think that he does quite as much as as Schellenberger. So I'll give the nod to him there. Um, I'll tell you what, if if I could give the Tawaratan to anybody right now. I'm giving it to the Notre Dame football team though. Like that's, that's who gets my vote as the most valuable players in college across at the moment, because yeah, was that game a bit of a letdown at overall? Sure. But were the first few minutes of that third quarter, the most electric atmosphere in lacrosse that we've seen in quite some time. Absolutely. Dukes. I think you have the clip uh, dialed up here, but let's just, 
let's just show the the Notre Dame football we team. We got a party at our lot boys. It is a one goal game. On that area, we got a party at our lot It is a one goal game. I mean, the the moment that those boys showed up after their spring practice, they started walking on the hill at Orlada. Like, you knew that we were in for something great. Um, gave, obviously, the Notre Dame offense a little extra juice. Uh, Chris Cav got a great goal there. I think I think it might have been Chris Cav, and I think they also got a goal from Jake Taylor in, in the mix there somewhere where, like, it was back-to-back goals for Notre Dame. They were pulling, made it a one-goal game. Uh, football team going nuts. On, on the sideline mark that down as things you love to see uh, just guys I, guys being dudes the the epitome of it i think i think that Notre Dame football has a lacrosse player on the team would that be the first guy to ever play football yes. and lacrosse at notre dame yes nobody else uh, from my from my current knowledge i don't even think huh maybe even a bowl game hmm I'd imagine I'd imagine if the first guy to play both football and lacrosse at Notre Dame right now, uh, he, yeah, he probably played in a bowl game at some point. So got to figure out who that guy is. He's probably pretty cool. Yes. It seems like, it seems like Notre, they do have a football and lacrosse player. It looks like this guy might be for this upcoming year. Okay this upcoming year, but I'm sure he looks like he's a running back, Sam uh, Assoff. <laughs> I definitely, I, I definitely <laughs> botched that. Sam Assoff. But all, all I know is that kid's probably going to have like a tackle or two and maybe like even a touchdown in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, still. Yeah, still. Um, yeah, so it, it was incredible vibes at Arlotta for those first couple minutes of the third quarter. Uh, then that all just went to shit once Virginia started pouring it on again. So I think uh might have even been Schellenberger who had the next goal after that to finally like quiet down the crowd a little bit. Then as the minutes passed by, Virginia kept scoring goals, started seeing less of the football players. I think they got a little chilly. I would have loved, would have loved to have seen how long they would have stayed there if it wasn't snowing. Same. Like, I think that that the weather really hurt Notre Dame in that aspect because they could have kept the boys out for a little bit longer. Like imagine a nice, nice little sunny, maybe, maybe high sixties, right? We don't need anything crazy. We don't need to jump into the seventies, but like high sixties sun's out little breeze through the air. Um, You know, some of the guys already had the tarps off going nuts, but not everybody. You get a few more shirts off out of those fellas, especially a couple O linemen, maybe Uh, that has to equate to a couple more goals for Notre Dame. Maybe they tie it up. Maybe they even take the lead momentum would be on their side, but yeah, snow kind of killed them there because football team went away uh, not too long after. So I kind of, are we going to call, are we still going to call the Notre Dame football team MVPs or do they actually hurt Notre Dame as a college? For leaving, um, yeah. So, do they hurt more than help? Well, so here, I, I think that they, I think that they left some to be desired. I don't think that they hurt. Um, what they I left before dinner got there. They had the appetizers and they ran. Yeah, I mean that bill comes. You know that bill's coming. You got to skip out. You got to head alligator to the arms. Yeah. They, they couldn't reach for the bill. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, it's it's got to listen. I 
there's going to be a rematch. Uh, I believe that they play the end of April, right? I, I, I think that I'm not mistaken on that one. Uh, yeah, and hopefully, to... Don, yeah. Although, Donna, but it, but it... Go you think ahead. Donna's like begging to like keep Notre Dame out now? She's like, well, they, they lost to the number 13 in the country. They don't deserve to get in the tournament now. Donna was probably Don... yeah, put a little res- put, if I was doing put a little respect tank, on Donna's name. If I was doing Frank the Tank, I would love to see Frank the Tank as a Notre Dame lacrosse fan when Donna kept them out of the tournament. <laughs> like, Don, just, Donna's like... head, Donna's head is spinning right now. <laughs> uh, I might yeah. do that if, if Notre Dame if Notre Dame gets hit. <laughs> I should have done that last year. Got, gotten a cameo of Frank the Tank cursing out Donna. Donna's head is spinning. Uh, oh, and speaking of uh, football lacrosse player, shout out to uh, Ricky Miazon for getting another goal uh, to his stat list for the season. Um, speaking of Donna, oh, do you, oh, go ahead. And, really and any, any closing, re- yeah, closing remarks. Yeah, close, on one closing remark. Uh, Jack Mack, Jack Mack, the TikTok star. He made a TikTok about Ricky Miazon. I just want to shout him out. If you haven't seen it, go follow him. He's a stud, number one journalist on TikTok. He had a TikTok that Ricky Miazon owns, owns Notre Dame as a whole. In the fall, Stanford upset Notre Dame at South Bend. He had two tackles and like maybe two tackles for a loss or something. Spring comes to South Bend, upsets number one Notre Dame, has a goal. So like, I don't know. I think that I think that Ricky Mazon made Notre Dame his bitch officially this weekend. Don has got a Ricky Mazon jersey on right now. Um, speaking of Don, do do we want to talk? Uh, do we want to move this over? Let's move this over to the Ivy real quick. Uh, cause, uh, a couple interesting games with the nerds, uh, this past weekend, uh, primarily let, let's start off on a high note here and, and do this is unfortunately another tough one for you, uh, as a, as a Harvard alum. Um, but Dartmouth shout out to the big green. Yeah. They get their first Ivy league win since 2015. I almost couldn't believe it when I heard it. It kind of makes sense, but still that just seems so long uh, after a Colin McGill uh, overtime game winner for, for, uh, for Dartmouth. So nice little sweep to the left shot goes Colin McGill there to clean up the rebound back of the net uh, Dartmouth partying like it's 2015. So Tell you what, Dartmouth. I, I think I think we had this take a couple weeks ago. They're a team that is going to at least make noise in the Ivy. I think that we kind of said a couple weeks ago that Dartmouth is one of those teams where, if you're an Ivy League team, kind of on the bubble and you need a big win to make exactly. it into the Ivy League tournament, that exactly. Dartmouth would be the one to keep you out. So that was our take. Before we didn't realize that they'd be knocking off some of these big wins, these upset wins, uh, while we're still in March. So. Shout out to Dartmouth in that one. Um, and with the way that the rest of the Ivy is looking so far this year, I can't imagine that that's going to be their last win in conference play. No. And I uh, just shout out, shout out to Dartmouth for keeping the streak alive of just keeping my takes ice cold. I, I think that my preseason predictions couldn't have been more wrong. Like Yale I'm, couldn't be more wrong on. The only thing that like I'm pretty confident that like I said before the year and then I'll stick to you right now is that the there's four teams and after that it's it's a crapshoot. Um, I think that I said a couple weeks ago like Cornell is my favorite Ivy, which is not breaking news. I'm pretty sure they're the highest ranked Ivy to even begin the year. 
Um, but I, I've had some, I've had some ice cold takes about the Ivy, um, Yale and Harvard primarily. I'd like to see what I said in like episode like one. I think I said that they both finished like they both make like the, the tournament or something. Wait a minute. So when you say that there are four teams, so who's who's the, are, okay? So it's, we're 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 keeping Cornell in that group though. Well, because here the, the only thing, the only reason the four teams above Cornell, in my opinion, won't make it, is if they have to play each other. Right. Like so, it's it's Virginia, Duke, Maryland, Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame. I, I probably um, just yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, dude. I mean, Dartmouth. Six, who who would have thought? Heading into April, so calendars are going to flip over to April, and heading into there, we've got Dartmouth as six and one. Their only loss. Now, granted, they got their fucking dicks kicked in, uh, twenty five to seven loss in North Carolina. But other than that, they do they knock off Merrimack, Hocrow, Siena, Hobart. Not not world beaters there or anything like that. But those are those aren't like teams that everyone's expecting Dartmouth to beat. Uh, took care of business there, and then. Yeah, the 10-9 overtime win over Harvard to start uh, Ivy League conference play. So uh, big big fan of Dartmouth right now, and especially uh, getting the job done with a Philly boy, Colin McGill. Yeah, and it's good to see a, a program like – I mean, not like – I don't think in my lifetime Dartmouth's ever been good. No. I don't know. I didn't know if they were like good at some point. You're not like much older than me. They, they do. They, they sent me a recruiting letter and I wasn't any good. So they couldn't have been that great. Did I, one time I got a recruiting, like I got a recruiting letter from Dartmouth and like some Washington, Washington and Lee. And I was like a sophomore junior and I lied about my GPA. I've ever told this story. Uh, I do feel like I remember hearing that you also got a letter from, but I didn't hear the GPA story. So, so how, in, how in depth did you go into lying about it? Did you just write it down or did you forge anything? Uh, I think, I, like, I think we're down, past like, the... in my, like, in my like recruiting and when I went to like the showcase and stuff, I wrote down, like I had like a 3.8 GPA, like sophomore year thinking that nobody would fucking check this. And then when they like, are like, all right, like send this, send the transcripts. They were just like, dude, you are you know, you're not smart, right? Like, like, <laughs> so so you, you, you just, you just fibbed a little bit. You no, didn't, you didn't I looked like, I looked like such an asshole. Like the coaches that were like helping me out were like, why would you lie? Like now, like, like you know, these yeah. coaches know each other, but yeah, I lied. I lied about how smart I was. Cause I thought, I thought that nobody would check it out. Well, and that's, that's, how, that's, how, that's how you ended up at Harvard. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, so while Dartmouth is thriving, uh, dude, Yale, what what are we gonna do about Yale? They're big time dead, correct? Like there's there's we can bury them, or like are we done seeing Yale this season, or is there gonna be like some weird shit that happens over the course of this next month uh, that just magically pops them into the tournament? I think COVID fucked Yale. Yeah, I think they lost kind of their swag. It's a good point. Uh, uh, like they I'm, used to be like the like they used to be like the. I mean, it was it's weird to call Yale blue collar when I know so many fucking Shamanot kids that went there that aren't blue collar, but like they had like a toughness about them, like a chip on their shoulder, like the shit talking. Like you don't really see that. Like I think the best clip that you could possibly. I'm gonna I, go. I'm gonna. I don't know. I don't know if they're blue. Co- like I, I think they're just 
they were just bullies. Yeah, which I think I'm, but like that's exactly what I'm saying. Like blue collar Ivy, like out of all the Ivies, where it's like all these white collar, like Yale made their presence known. And I think the best clip to show that Yale isn't Yale anymore, I'm gonna pull it up right now. Um, just give me a second. I need like it makes me so mad. I mean, you, you lose a Canadian like Matt Gaudet to graduation, you're going to lose a little bit of shit talking there. And oh. and I think that that's probably probably what they're missing. Yeah, I, I just looking at looking at some hometowns of, of all their players, nothing there screams absolute dickhead to me. Every Everything screams just guy with a lot of money uh, who's just making it through his day and you know, his wife's probably cheating on him with a spin instructor and, you know, just getting the kids through college. Uh, Do you know that clip where Brandau took the shot after the whistle? I know what you're talking about. I don't remember exactly. I can't find it for some. I can't find it. it. I can't find it right now. But if you, if you know what I'm talking about, in the UMass Yale game, Brandau took a shot after the horn by like two seconds, right? Which, if you play hockey, like if you shoot at the goalie late, like you're going to get a couple shoves here and there. And the UMass defense had their, their goalies back and shoved Brandau. And I, I, I didn't mind that. You know, like, I, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. The thing that pissed me off about Yale is there's this little attackman who's walking by Brandau and didn't even think about getting the scuffle. Didn't even think about having Brandau's back. Just, re- like, made icon, like, saw it all happen and kept going. And I was like, that, that is the biggest loser pussy shit of all time. Is is Yale too sweet? I, I think that's that's got to be the question that we're asking ourselves right now. I mean, could, did, if that happened, I feel like th- like two thousand nineteen, like that that's unfathomable to even think about. Like there's there's fists, there's fists being thrown, there's suspension. Like we're the storyline this week. If that happens, is like congratulations, Mac Audet just served his four game suspension. Like he's back into play. He just had seven goals. So that that's what you like. You need a Canadian in the mix who who kind of lives and dies by the code, right? Like a, like a guy who's gonna listen. A, a quick couple game suspension gonna be worth it to prove a point. No one no one here has that, right? There's there's, just, there's such good things in in college. I mean, I'm in college basketball, right? but there's such good things as technical fouls. There's good things as like good suspensions to fire a team up, to build team chemistry, to build around a moment. Maybe, you know, just a lot of these kids, they, they've, they've never had to fight their own fight in their life. Coming from, the, coming from the streets of Garden City, New York, and making my way up through the lacrosse ranks to MCLA, and then coming to Barstool Sports to be a lacrosse podcaster, like, you, I know you the know, struggle. You know what it's like. You know what yeah. it's like. You, Knowing what's, you, what it's like fought, to work yeah. at, a, at a powerful media company day one out, out, scratch out of college. And, <laughs> scratch and claw your way up there. Someone disrespects you. Guess what? Duke's your first guy right in their face. Yeah. You know, make, make, making, Welcome making to the, the Duke statement. Pound. Welcome yep. to the Duke pound. You don't want me to bark. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have that at Yale. Yale is too sweet. Uh, but yeah, back-to-back weeks just getting fucking pummeled. Uh, 20 to 10 loss to Cornell and then a 23 to 10 loss to Princeton. Uh, just a brutal couple week stretch for Yale. Uh, doesn't, you know, they, they've got Penn this weekend. Uh, so they're at, at Penn. So that means they have to travel down to Philly and they're going to, all these sweet kids on, on Yale, they're going to be shitting their pants driving on the bus through Philly. They're not going to know what to do with themselves because they're too sweet. So that's a loss. 
BU is looking pretty solid this year. That's a loss. Dartmouth is looking like the second best team in the Ivy. That's a loss. Brown has all of their seniors that were suspended back and they've got the people's goalie. That's a loss. Uh, Albany has, I don't know, Scott Mars jamming out to the Grateful Dead. And, you know, there's these guys are at Yale. They're just going to be like, I smell weed. I'm going to call the cops. They're too busy calling the cops to play a lacrosse game. That's a loss. And then Harvard still going to be a little hungry uh, after that overtime loss to Dartmouth. So that's a loss. So yeah, just going down the rest of Yale's schedule, uh, nothing but L's. Yale is dead. We're calling it now. Yeah. Time, time of death. Uh, 1158 AM on Wednesday, March 30th. Call the corner in here. See you later. Bulldogs. Uh, good win for Princeton, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they lost. I think they they lost Sandoval for the year too. Uh, their Fogo. Yeah. Well, it's all right because they got to get used to playing without a Fogo for you know the day that the faceoff is banned once and for all. A uh, couple other games from over the weekend wasn't the you know wasn't the busiest slate of games. Uh, Penn State held on to to have a tight finish with Maryland, which, um, you know, good win for Maryland, but I thought that that was a good sign for Penn state that, uh, they should be pretty decent in big 10 play. Uh, especially when you consider the other big 10 game of the weekend with, uh, Ohio state crushing Rutgers. So that kind of takes Rutgers out of my mix for a while. Um, and I've already deaded Ohio state. So that was just a zombie win for them because, uh, win from the grave. Uh, but yeah, Maryland, Looked pretty solid in that one. Um, big second half out of them, but Penn State, an, an admiral loss, I guess, for a program that needed a bounce back year after last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yep. Go ahead. No, nothing. But yeah, I agree. Uh, Duke looked really solid against St. Joe's. 12 uh, 9 win for them. Uh, score looks a little bit closer than I thought it was. That was, so that game was going on. On, on a little bit of a smaller screen uh, while Virginia and Notre Dame was going on. So I didn't get a chance to watch like every second of that, but uh, you know, the moments that I did have my eyes on that one, it just looked like Brendan O'Neill was having his way uh, with the, uh, you know, with, with the St. Joe's defense. Uh, and then speaking of defense, the, uh, the Duke defense, unbelievable job by them shutting down uh, Levi Anderson. So no points at all for St. Joe's best attackman, Kenny Brower, uh, Wilson Stevenson, those boys just clamping it up. So Duke, a defensive juggernaut, which I think is going to help them out when it comes time for uh you know, more ACC games, especially starting off tonight against Virginia, because if they can shut down Levi Anderson, they can, you know, shut down a lot of the nation's best attackments. Maybe not Connor Schellenberger, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that sincerely, if Duke's midfield really steps up in the back half of the year, I think that they could become the team to beat. Yeah, I think a lot of people... So when it came time for the discussion of who was going to be the number one team in this week's poll, I, you know, I, I think a lot of people mostly had an idea that it was going to be either, you know, Virginia, Notre Dame or Maryland, obviously couldn't be Notre Dame. So it kind of came down to Virginia or Maryland again. I wouldn't have hated if, if they tossed Duke into the mix. Um, I mean, you, you look at, you know, what they've done so far this season, it's not like they've, 
I mean, I don't know how many of these teams are top 10 that they've gotten wins over, uh, but Bellarmine, High Point, Denver, Penn, Syracuse, Loyola, North Carolina, Air Force, St. Joe's. So they've had their way with pretty much everybody. Um, you know, obviously the, uh, the Syracuse game was in overtime. Penn game was a little bit – score was closer than it actually was. Um, and then they had that loss to Jacksonville, which is just – that was part of the script. So it's not like you can really hold that loss against them. So I wouldn't have hated Duke getting the uh, the first spot in the poll this week. Uh, just would have been really awkward to have to have Virginia beat the number one team in the country two weeks in a row and then change. Yeah. So I think it was just like inside the cross, didn't want to have to do as much paperwork. And they were like, listen, let's just give it to Virginia because they're going to beat Duke uh, in a couple days here. And we don't want to have to change it after that. Is it a lock that Virginia is going to beat Duke? I think so, but I also think that Duke is – I think that Duke would have been worthy of the first uh, spot in the poll if they didn't have Virginia coming up this week. And I think that they would have had the first spot in the poll, and I think that they would have held on to it for however long it would take them to then have a game against Virginia. Fair. Uh, anything else from the week? Uh, there's one other game that I would like to talk about, but we can get to that uh, when it comes time for buy sell. Uh, Ohio State Rutgers kind of like briefly mentioned it, but I mean, what a what an egg dropped by Rutgers in that game. Um, really a waste of a Sunday night for me. I was I was hoping that I could trust oh, Rutgers this year. Where'd you go? Oh, there you are. Oh, there I am. Uh, yeah, I was hoping that I could trust Rutgers maybe for the first time in, in my life. Uh, but no, I mean, they, they, they prove Rutgers is who we thought they were. Did you, why, why did I get hate? Did you see this? On, I got hate on Twitter for call. I said, I said, if did you see this in the, in the mentions, somebody was like last episode, I said, if Bielma or what, what, what was, uh, what's his fucking name? I don't know why I just said oh, Bielma. Uh, uh, Brian Brecht. Brecht. Brian Brecht. Brecht. Yeah. The BBs confuse me. Brian Brecht. I said, if he makes another run at the final four, he's a top two coach. And that just like, cause I was saying like Rutgers and then all of a sudden Rutgers loses, which I said, like, yeah, we're going to like Rutgers. I'll wait for them to beat Ohio state to say anything about them. They didn't. So whatever. I got hate for saying something that uh, hypothetical. You cannot get mad at me about hypotheticals. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you clearly stated that yeah. if they make it to another Final Four, and then I, that's here's the thing: that's still a good still take. Like, that's a great take. It's still up in the air too. Still up in the air. It could happen. So it happen. It could happen. Um, it won't. No, happen. I think. Also, I think thank God. And how how fucking this is this goes on about like my cold fucking takes. I think I sold the Ohio defense last week, and then all of a sudden they fucking <laughs> they shut down Rockers offense. Yeah, so I mean, Ross Scott not finding the stat sheet at all in that game. I, I just, I think it was a really good game. It was a fine game out of Ohio State's defense, no doubt about it. Like, I think that those guys finally played the way that they're capable of playing, but I also think it was just an absolute dog shit game from, from Rutgers. Um, yeah, I still think that, indiv- like, I don't know if it's a, the, I still stick by this individually. Obviously, like, I think the defensive players stick for himself, but something collectively hasn't clicked all year. Maybe they can turn the corner right now. I'm not sure, but like, yeah, I, th- I think that Bobby Van Buren is a, is who he he is who we thought he was a, a menace, a beast. 
Yeah, I've hated on Ohio State enough this year and I've called them dead enough times that I'm just really hoping that they don't turn the corner. I need them to be dead because I need that take to last. So I'm going to do whatever is in my power to make sure that Ohio State sucks this year um, and not giving them any credit at all for a big win over Rutgers is just part of that plan. Uh, The other game on Sunday, uh, Cornell taking down Penn 18 to 12, just further proving uh, that they are the best team in the Ivy no one else is really particularly close right now besides Dartmouth um, only loss on the year to Penn state. But I think that that was just another, another uh, script loss. So uh, there's a take. Do you think that CJ cursed is somehow like, like unbelievably good at scoring the ball? Yes. I unbelievably do underrated. Oh, unbelievably underrated. The fact that he's like, I get like you can put me in the faults for this. I guess you could put you in the fault, like us collectively, like hand up. Like, should we should we start the curse for Heisman? I mean, her curse for Tawartana. Shit. <laughs> well, it's 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 the Heisman of lacrosse. As yeah, but, as everybody yeah, knows. Uh, but then now I'm gonna get hate for it. Um, yeah, I I think that he is, I I guess he's, I don't think that he's forgotten at all. Like, I think that everyone, I I think like every single week, there's like a TLN post about like CJ Curse has like another like six goals and he's late, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I think he's right there with everybody. I'll tell you what, he is underrated because. I think like the original in the beginning of the season, I think it was like Schellenberger O'Neill. And then people were like Brandau or Hanley. And it's like, no, Kavanaugh. Like the, yeah. Cav, yeah. Kavanaugh. Okay, and, 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 and here's, <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I think Pat, like one of the Kavanaugh's belongs in that conversation for sure. Um, yeah. I'm willing to say underrated because I do think the beginning of the season, everyone's talking about like the, the first couple names that we heard out of the Ivy league were Brandau and Sam Hanley. CJ Curse is the best player in that conference. Like, if yes, he's not Ivy League player of the year, then it's either got to be like Gavin Adler or Chase Erlin. But if it at least offensive player of the year, yeah. And like, it's like just crazy that he wasn't in the conversation to begin with when he was the best player on a Final Four team that basically returned everybody. Yeah, I think everyone was just like, uh, like that dude's a mutant. Like, there's no way he can just keep, like, yeah, like, like, like there's no way that the mutant can just keep growing and keep getting better. And then all of a sudden, uh, 34 goals, seven assists. Yeah, Cornell's so, dirty. Cornell is dirty. Oh, yeah, yeah, also, also a huge, just not, not like a, uh, not a coming out party year for Billy Coyle because he's had big years in the past, but, um, definitely, you know, Billy Coyle. Really even keeled player, 17 and 12 uh, on the year so far. So the emergence of him as one of the best, uh, you know, attackmen in the in the conference also helping Cornell's case. Do you think that um, – did you see, like, the thing that Sam Hanley might come back or, like, how it's making waves? Yeah, where he said uh, that it's his la- – like, really specified that it's his last year playing at Penn. So the, the, the words – Meaning that the door is open for him to uh, it, it's not his last year of college across that he could end up transferring. So um, I don't know. Do we, do we need to see him more? Like what's he, what's he going to do? Go to Georgetown. And then now here's the thing. Well, he's, yeah, I guess he's an Oregon guy. So doesn't really have many ties, but like imagine him staying in Philly, transferring to St. Joe's and then 
we get Sam Hanley and Levi Anderson on the same team. Could you um did you happen to see anything in the Barstool world about Rico Bosco being the program killer? Yes, I, I have. He just, he just Rico, sorry for anyone out there, this is a guy named Rico Bosco who works at Barstool Sports. He um is a friend, a colleague, and a psychopath. And you know, he's he's the best, but he keeps on rooting for these teams during the tournament and they keep on losing. Whatever team he backs, they lose. So Dave started calling him the program killer. Couldn't help but make the comparison to, to Tucker Dordovic. People are saying, have you ever People seen Rico Bosco and Tucker Dordovic in the same room at the same time? In the same room? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all the big ones from the past weekend and week of college lacrosse. Do we want to get into any segments? Uh, yeah. Why don't we do weight room of the week presented by Shark Talk? All right, weight room of the week presented by Shark Chalk for all you gym heads out there. You guys like to get a little workout in maybe a couple times throughout the week. Stay fit, stay in shape. That way we can spend all Saturday and Sunday afternoons sitting on the couch and not getting fat watching lacrosse. You heading into the gym, maybe you're doing some hand cleans, some uh you know, some pull-ups, some what have you. You need a little extra grip on your hands. You don't want to be the guy who shows up to the gym and just chalks up the entire place, has it all covered in white dust everywhere. Your clothes get all dusty. You look like a jackass. So how about you switch over to shark chalk? It is a new liquid form of gym gym chalk. It's going to give you better grip. It's going to leave less of a mess. Uh, it's just going to be a whole lot more efficient for your workout. So sharkchalk.com, head over there. They've got plenty of products. And when you pick up an order, you can put in promo code LAX20 at checkout for 20% off of your next order. So weight room of the week given to the biggest, baddest dudes in college across over the past week. Uh, dudes, I'm going to start this off right here because I've got uh, probably – probably 50 to 60 guys to hand this award out to. And it is going to be the entire rosters of Sienna and Canisius. Uh, so they just played on Wednesday uh, in just nice little snow blizzard uh, conditions up in upstate New York. So uh, Sienna, Canisius, listen, these, these types of games, this type of weather, maybe you expect it in the beginning of the season. You can mentally prepare yourself to play in this weather uh, in February but the very end of March, you're hoping that that sun's out. You're hoping to at least crack the 50s. Uh, and the fact that you have to play uh, in a nice little blizzardy condition, uh, all those guys deserve weight room of the week for putting up with that college across spring sport. This game started and it was windy, but it was clear. Now here at the Dembski Sports Complex in downtown Buffalo, New York, the game is still windy and not clear. Uh, it is still windy, still windy and, and not clear per sources. Um, also real quick, just want to uh, correct myself on that one before any of the Western New York jackasses get on my case about it. I, I understand that Buffalo is not upstate New York. It's Western New York. So just wanted to clear up the air on that one. Dude, okay, and to, unclear the, and to unclear the air, uh, anybody from Westchester lives in upstate New York. Just to make Money that in the water there. All right. Clip that. Um, yeah, so this is the Lindenwood versus Queens game. I think this is it. We're gonna call this a transition game because both teams are newly new to D1. But uh, I think the, I also saw that it was the first ever D1 lacrosse game in Missouri. What 
No, I, that I can't be that about. can't be true because I played I played a lacrosse game in Missouri before. Did, did I mention a D one lacrosse game? Uh, yeah, I just D one club. Uh, yeah, I played lacrosse there one time. But anyways, there was we don't need to get into hearsay, but yeah, the. Is this the Lindenwood goalie or the Queens goalie? I have no idea. I'm going to go with the. I'm Lindenwood going to assume goalie. Lindenwood goalie wearing white. White, yeah. So yeah. The, yeah. Sorry, you know the the rosters haven't made made their way to headquarters Barstool headquarters, but I, I will I will give you the shout out over Twitter. My apologies, um, but just gets absolutely body. I don't know who to give the weight room to, Jordy. Does it go to the guy that lays out the goalie or the goalie? Are we calling that a flop? I know there's a lot of hearsay for it. Um, a lot of uh, so I want to get your opinion first. Is it a flop or no flop? I'm gonna go ahead. I'm I'm not gonna call it a flop. I think that I'm gonna have to run that back one more time. Um, so here comes right, the so, Irish. I mean, dude, that that's a big body coming through. Low wing dodge gets underneath. Just a big boy with a lot of head of steam on him, and he can't like. You're you're that big of a body. You're not like the brakes aren't slowing. Like that's a that's a train. Like it's going to take him a mile uh, to slow down. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the. I'm going to take the goalie side on this because right, so, if he if he if he sold it, good sell. If he didn't sell it, tough cut kid. And if he did, if he, if he had to sell it, got a penalty. So yeah, sell sell what you have to. Everybody so looks like looks like Blake Nolan. Looks like Blake Nolan is the the name of the uh, Blake Lyndon Nolan. Shout out there, to you, brother. Which is which is a shame because the Queens goalie's name is Gage Turner, and Gage Turner sounds way more like a guy who would get weight room of the week. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. Shout out Gage Turner. You just wanted to say. <laughs> Uh, the old switcheroo. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to call it a flop. I think that he ate it. Helmet came off, stayed in the game. That's a hockey play right there. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't miss a shift. Get right back out there. Listen, goalies are getting pelted with balls all goddamn day long. They shouldn't have to also worry about absolute like 250 pound freight train lefty attackman barreling into their crease. So good on him for getting right back up. Does that bring us into uh buy sell? Buy sell. Yes. All right, bring it back. It's, it's been a little while since we've had buy sell. I think we've mostly and not because we forgot about it. Yeah, no, it's it's just like there were too many, mid, there were too mid too many uh mid major performances that we had to shout out. Uh, so buy sell, Dukes. I'm gonna let you start off with this one. Let's uh, who, who are you buying right now? I'll take the low stock. You got you, the the great Dave Portnoy, DTTG, Tommy. Stocks only go up. Buy low, sell high. This is what I've learned in one of my five majors at the University of Dayton and at Harvard. Notre Dame. Everyone is going to have recency bias. Everyone's going to be like, oh, aren't they the best team? Uh, oh, like Maryland. Yeah, they, they, they beat Maryland, but it's in double overtime. Are oh, they that good? Yeah, they're that good. They, they, they played awful. Uh, Eric Dobson didn't play well at all. Quinn McCann was on the field for what felt like forever. So uh, I'm going to roll with the Irish as my buy, buy the team right now. You want to get a team low? This is the lowest they'll be all year. Spoken like a like a true financial advisor, although Dukes is not, so do not I'm take. I'm an investor. Uh, his, I'm an investor. Yeah. BBC oh. called me an investor. Just for, like people forget that. There goes BBC's credibility. Uh, I am going to buy stock in the troops uh, because, as the number one lover of the troops. Uh, in pretty much America, so big, big troops guy. Uh, the Army Black Knights. Uh, 
these sons of bitches here, they are just running through teams right now. They've stacked together seven wins in a row after a tough loss to UMass to open up the season. Uh, they've taken down Rutgers, and I, I know that I just deaded Rutgers maybe 20 or so minutes ago. Rutgers wasn't dead when Army beat them 14 to 13. Uh, they've taken down Lehigh, who was ranked. They've taken down Loyola. People forget Loyola won against Maryland this year. Loyola yeah. beat Maryland. People forget that. I still have no idea how that happened because Maryland looks so good right now. Uh, and they look so bad in that game. But uh, after a 10 to five win over uh, Loyola, they've now stacked up seven wins in a row. A couple of those are ranked wins uh, army shaping up into form uh, as Patriot league play is going on here. So I'm sure our good friend, captain cons is going to love to hear this one. Uh, but yeah, they've got Bucknell, Colgate, Cornell, Navy, Boston left on the schedule. At least four wins there. Uh, Going to be rolling into the Patriot League tournament probably as a top one or two seed. Uh, I like the way that Army's playing right now. can see them being a dangerous team to face come tournament time. Because you can't – you don't want to beat the troops because that just makes you a no. communist son of a bitch. Can't be doing that. So I'm buying Army right now. I am going to sell lacrosse Twitter. Mm, good. Finally. I don't think that I'm revolutionizing anything. But the amount of cringe and the amount of people that think that their opinion on a sport that they're mediocre at is infuriating. Nobody cares that you play Division Two. Nobody cares that you play Division Three. The only people that are smart on Twitter are Deemer Class, Larkin Kemp, and like a handful of others that are active. I'm an idiot. Jordy's an idiot. Most of us are idiots. The I, no-name Twitter. The only people that are stupider than me and Jordy are the fake gambling accounts. And then there's the people that think that an MCLA team could beat the worst D1 team. You would get slapped. You would get slapped. The whole debate about like a kid that played high school lacrosse on Long Island or Philly and could have played lacrosse in college but wanted to go have a good time at a fun school is absolute horseshit. Anybody that's that good isn't in as good in shape as the people in D1. You cannot play for 48 minutes or whatever the time is. It, like It's just not realistic. So like I'm done with these fucking stupid-ass people making lacrosse look like a joke. Um, I hate I hate the burner accounts, and I hate the people that give out their shitty gambling picks. Nobody gives a fuck that your friend plays – on whatever X team, and that you know the backup goalie, and he said you're going to cover the spread. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And I'm so done with these takes. I'm done with the DMs. I'm done with everything. I would one. I would like to add. Uh, I would love to add Jules into the mix of guys who are actually yep. smart about lacrosse. So Jules, Deemer, Larkin, everyone else, idiot. I'm also glad that you mentioned that we are both idiots when talking about that because it would have been really awkward if you went on that whole rant and then it just ended up being like uh just a, a total lack of self-awareness on our part there so yeah i mean like <laughs> like they're, they're like i saw rowan on the pat bev con like like it, it comes down to this people will be like oh man like like I, I i i could beat you in a goalie challenge yeah man like you might be better than me at goalie shooting everything what I'm good at is being a fan. I have a fan's perspective. I, yeah, I have shitty takes. Fans have shitty takes. Fans have some good takes. Like, I'm just a fan of the sport. I like to watch it. I like to talk about it. Like, if I was that good, 
I'd be playing in the league, not wearing their sweatshirts for free. But you know, that was a flex, by the way, that I got the sweatshirt for free. Thanks for this. This at sixes. Oh, okay. I I thought that you were saying that you're not getting paid by the league to wear it. So you you got it for free. I got it for free, but I don't I don't get paid. I mean, well, yeah, no, 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 yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I did I took it as the opposite of a flex. I I thought that you were saying like, yeah, I'm wearing the sweatshirt and I'm not even getting paid for it. Um, no, I mean, but, yeah, that's yeah, not that also as well. But I agree. Lacks Twitter. Um, listen, there's. There's good and bad, uh, and and there's just unfortunately a whole lot more bad. But we're we're getting there. But yeah, everyone with a burner account or a you know if if, if you've got locks uh, on a you know just a random Wednesday afternoon a sun game, we don't give a fuck. One uh, hundred gambler. Yeah, exactly. Uh, please wager responsibly. I'm gonna sell the nerds, selling the Ivy League. I've seen enough. Uh, there's it's it's a two team conference. And it is Cornell and Dartmouth. Uh, every, everybody else just why bother coming out? If you know Yale's just getting their shit kicked in by Princeton, uh, Harvard's losing in overtime to uh, to Dartmouth. Cornell doesn't even have to break a sweat against Penn. Uh, Brown maybe a little bit back now that they've got uh, you know they they've got through some suspensions, so they had a nice little win over uh, UNC, but still Brown might not be Bruno's year. So I'm gonna go ahead and sell the Ivy League besides Cornell. So Donna, you can suck it. Uh, your league stinks. You guys got what five teams in the tournament last year? Charity case. Charity case. You guys, the, the Ivy League should be a one conference team come tournament selection this year. Yep, agree. Um, cool. All right. Well, then that brings us into our weekend preview. Uh, now, before we get into some of the games uh, at the NCAA D1 level, uh, let's talk real quick about the NCL starting up their season. That is next collegiate league. Uh, so what this is, it is eight HBCU teams, and they will be playing uh, sixes format. So we've got – uh, my Delaware State Hornets right here looking to run it back as they were 2022 NCL champions last year. Uh, dynasty in the making here. But so let's see who we have here. We've got Delaware State, Lincoln, uh, Norfolk State, uh, University of Maryland, Eastern Shore, Mor- uh, Morgan State, Bowie State, Howard, and CSU. So these eight HBCU teams uh, are all playing. Starts up this weekend. It starts on Sunday, April 2nd. We're going to be having eight games on the day. So uh, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. All eight teams are going to be playing two different games. Uh, Starts off with Delaware State versus Lincoln. Uh, So shout out to the NCL getting their season started. Of course, I like Delaware State. The Hornets coming away with a couple couple big wins in in week one. Dukes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, right there, we are the number one Delaware State Hornets podcast. They actually were at, I'm pretty sure that they were at the, uh, no, I don't know. The, they were at the PLL sixes. I talked to a couple of their players. They talked about like how they, like, they play sixes. Uh, they actually gave me some insight into uh, their strategies and like what, what their experiences were. So, it was cool chatting it up with them. Yeah. Um, I will. So, one, uh, all these games are being played at Tierney Field. 
the USA Lacrosse Complex. Uh, I believe if you aren't going to be there at the game, it's broadcasted on NLSE TV. Um, so, I mean, I think that that's on some cable providers. You could probably also find a way to stream it uh, on like FUBU TV or whatever. Uh, but what I do want to say, but like before their season kicks off, like I will say the the conversation around sixes, especially during the uh, PLL championship series, everyone's like, all right, like like where does sixes factor into the future of lacrosse? I think like you like you and I both said like sixes isn't the future of lacrosse. Like as far as like like it's never going to be the main iteration of the game. Um, but what I do think like sixes, what we're seeing with the NCL is like exactly. where it's it, the game it's growing the game, like where it factors into the future of the game, where it allows these eight programs to, to have themselves a league. Um, like these teams, they don't have to field a, a, a roster of like 25 to 30 guys to be able to play. Um, so this is, this is where sixes kind of grows the game. Uh, so it's great for the NCL. And I think that's why we're going to see, it'll be perfectly great for like when it comes to the Olympics and getting more countries involved there. Sixes will work great for youth lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. Stop putting a long pole in your nine-year-old's hands. No, like even just like – just it, – it's like – have you ever watched a youth game? Like if you're – like I'd like ref like fifth like fifth graders, fourth graders, and the ball will sit down on one side of the field and the kid will try to run 100 yards. It's like it takes up half the game. What if you just – or just shorten the field. It's like – it, it'll only do good for the players growing up. I mean, then you get to a – they're not even fifth grade, like second grade, third grade, but you know what I mean. Eventually it'll be good. But, yeah, I think sixes is great for the sport. I'm glad. I'm happy to check out this uh, this NCL sixes. Really excited. All right. So, again, that is uh, starts Go at 11 a.m. State. Go Delaware State. Starts at 11 a.m., goes through 6 p.m. on Sunday, April 2nd. So try to check that out if you can. Uh, making our way over back to the NCAA – We've got Friday happy hour lax, just the best time of the year. We've got Duke going on the road to Virginia. Virginia, obviously, after a big win over Notre Dame, they're now back to being the number one team in the country. Uh, Duke looking to keep their hot streak going here. Uh, so 5 p.m. on ESPNU. Uh, if, if I had to guess, I'd, I'd say Virginia would probably win somewhere between two to three goals. Um, and if there were like, if I had to guess about like how many goals would total be scored in this game like probably somewhere like 28 to 29 region virginia, dude you got any feelings on this game virginia by more than that and, and the over of the hypothetical amount of goals um i think virginia is better than north carolina i think that virginia's defense sometimes when, when the offense scores a lot of goals they tend to give up 10 plus uh, Nunes has had one outlier game so far this season where I still wasn't fairly impressed. He did what he had to do. So I'm going to go with what I know, and I'm going to say that Virginia will score a lot of goals and give up a good amount of goals. So, I, yeah, I agree with that assessment, but just a different outcome of it where I see Virgi like Virginia winning by less than that like theoretical amount. I, I see Duke getting this one to be a really tight game. Oh, because oh, 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 wow. I was looking at the wrong Friday game. So when you were talking, I was looking at North Carolina. So I agree with oh. the assessment that I put together. <laughs> and I'm going to go back to your side. And I'm going to say Duke 
well. Okay. <laughs> so 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 a nice tight game here between two powerhouse programs. Yes. Yeah, Virginia's going to score a lot, um, but maybe not as much as as I would think because I I do really like the way that this Duke defense is playing. I think I've dare I say bit... dare I say that now I like at even Duke to win this game. Ooh, that's that's a little spicy right here. Little spicy. Go ahead. You you can you can take it. I'm not. I'm not going to take it. I'm going to politely decline to take it. Uh, but I do think that this is going to be a very tight game. I think that um, yeah, like you said, Noon's still not totally sold on him. Um, I mean, what we saw out of the uh, out of the Virginia defense against the Cavanaughs was you know a team that's. I mean, that defense is just so rangy. You don't have any space to really work with, but I do think a guy like Brendan O'Neill and McAdory, who, um, I mean, those guys just dodge so violently and heavy uh, that they'll be able to put a couple dents in that Virginia defense, put a lot of balls behind noons. Um, I really like Duke's defense. I think I, I've been a big Wilson Stevenson guy all, all season long. Um so I think that this is going to be a very tight game. I just think that Virginia is way too good to lose it, uh, especially at home. So I like Virginia to win by just one or two goals here. Yeah, I, I, I like uh, I like Duke to win this one outright, actually. Love that. Uh a pretty big game on Saturday, uh, 12 p.m. game. Unfortunately, one that I will not be watching as I am not going to be giving Flow Sports any of my hard-earned U.S. legal tender. Uh, but it's a Big East game. We've got uh, Denver going on the road to play against Georgetown. Georgetown, listen, they might be rolling into form a little bit. Uh, okay. Jordy says they're back. They're back. Frozen. Frozen. Obviously, you still have to right now. Yep, 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 yep. Frozen. And am am I back? Back. Still back, frozen. Sorry. I feel like I'm back now. Okay. Uh, yeah. As I was saying, I mean, you still have to worry about. Uh, I mean, obviously, Dukes has claimed that Tucker Dordovic. Actually, people have claimed that Tucker Dordovic is the program killer. So you have to worry if Georgetown is even alive enough to to win this game. But they have racked up four straight wins after dropping their first four games of the year. Uh, we're probably going to, ha- yeah. So I'm back now. We're probably going to have to fake. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap this up because it's not, we're, we're dealing with some technical difficulties. Uh, Georgetown rounding into form. Um, so I, I, I would love to see them keep that one going because I did have, I think I put Georgetown as like my second best team in the country at the beginning of the season. I would like that take to be risen from the dead, especially this close to Easter. I would I would like for that take to be resurrected. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't like Georgetown, but I'll take them to win this one. Um, should we rapid fire pick so then we don't have the technical difficulties? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, shout out a game that you want to talk about and give you who you'll win. I'll yep, give who uh, I do, and then I'll do the next yep. one. Uh, uh, the next game that's obviously the biggest game everyone's worried about. Uh, I have Providence beating Marquette. Um, Bounce back spot against after this province gets demolished by UNC. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Peniel, who do you got? Well, hold on. Listen, I, I I would love for Providence to be a powerhouse program. Big Bobby Benson guy. Uh, so let, let's 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 get fired up for that one. I wonder if Kim uh, English, the new basketball coach, will show up. Let's see how much he loves the Friars. Um, but uh, Peniel, who do you got? Uh, I've got Penn in that one home game kind of mentioned before Yale kids going to be a little too scared to drive that bus through Philly. Uh, Sam Hanley just going to run through uh, the, the super sweet Yale defense. So Penn 
uh, and probably by like at least two goals. Fair. Um, uh, all right. What about uh, let's let's go to two p.m. two p.m. slot on the ACC network. So uh, one more, the whole family can watch. We've got Syracuse hosting Notre Dame. Notre Dame trying to bounce back from that uh, pretty ugly loss to to Virginia. Uh, it, this seems like a tough spot for for, for Syracuse to find themselves in, uh, especially because listen. Joe's Pat Kavanaugh owns Pat Kavanaugh legitimately owns the carrier dome. I'm sorry, I couldn't even let you finish your sentence. This is gonna be Notre Dame by 10 plus. It's not even gonna be close. But does he own the JMA wireless uh dome? Ernie Ernie Davis Field is his bitch. Well, so do do you see Notre Dame winning by let's say 10 like plus. Okay. 10 plus. All right. Well, Notre Dame, by, Notre Dame by five would be the uh the guesstimate on that one. Uh, yeah, Chris I, I, fake, Chris fake, Chris fake. His perfect matchup, in my opinion, is a guy like Joey Spelina. If that's the matchup. All right. Uh, yeah. I also really like Notre Dame in that one. And I like them big. Uh, what other game you got here? Hopkins Rutgers. Mm, really? Dead like game. One. Yep, Back, yep. Yeah. Who's more dead when they're yeah, not dead, but kind of dead. This should be a loser goes home. Um, it, it really should be. I think if either program has an ounce of, of pride and integrity, if they lose the game, they should be willing to pack it up and call it a season. Um, this game is what is it's at Homewood. Uh, so 3 PM on ESPN, you, another one where the whole family can watch boys and girls. We we've got a good, we've got a good slate for televised games, uh, this weekend. So, you know, really, really take advantage of that one. Um, I like hopping this one. I think that, uh, you know, I think, listen, the wheels are going to fall off totally for Hopkins at some point this year. It's it's only a matter of time. I don't think that that time is right now. Um, I think that they've been playing better defensively than they have in many years past. Uh, so I like Hopkins to win this one outright. Uh, Rutgers just total disappointment to me last, last week. Yeah, I'm going with, I'm going with hop. Um, I like the hop defense. I think that if Ohio State could give them struggles, so could so could Hopkins. So I'm going, I'm rolling with Hop. Yep, uh, another Big Ten matchup. This is the Sunday game. So Sunday at noon, uh, Penn State, Ohio State. Uh, nice classic rivalry here. Uh, Ohio State big win over uh, Rutgers, or yeah, Rutgers last week. Uh, Penn State keeping it tight against Maryland. I'm gonna go Nittany Lions in this one because again, I I just have really sold the ship on uh, hating Ohio state this year. So I got to keep that going. Um, but also I'm, I'm warming up to Tambo and the Nittany lions this year after being just aggressively violent towards them at the beginning of the year. I'm going to take Ohio state. Good. Wait, hold That's on. Who, who did you just take in uh Rutgers Hopkins? Hopkins. Oh, okay. I was going to say it would be, be nice if we were on the different side of the coin uh, for both of these big 10 matchups, but um, all right. So Ohio state for Dukes. Uh, any other ones this weekend? I mean, there are a couple Ivy league matchups, but like I said, you can just sell the Ivy league. Uh, nobody else besides Cornell matters unless you're rooting for another Dartmouth uh, upset. Um, yeah. Think that about does it for games that matter, at least. Yep. You guys all matter. Don't 
get all butthurt that we're not talking about you, but like we're already a, an hour and eight minutes into this. Next year we're going to talk about Connecticut college. Yeah. And, and we've had a bunch of technical difficulties, so let's wrap it up now. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on social. We are at the crease dive on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, also Dukes has been doing a great job running the TikTok. We are stool crease dive there. Uh, if you guys are watching on YouTube, thank you. Keep that up. Maybe give a little like and comment. If you aren't watching on the YouTube, uh, subscribe to us there. Help, help boost the numbers a little bit for the boys. We're uh, the crease dive on YouTube. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die. Let's go Delaware State Hornets. Yeah. It's a motorcycle drive-by, baby giant condos. I think it's about time we head home. Walking on this road with my damn high hopes. Country boys don't She's my baby I will be in Richmond by tonight With so much shame inside me I just wanna hide me But they wanna hear me sing my songs under lights It's a motorcycle drive-by Baby, giant kind eyes I think it's about time we headed home Walking on this tire With my damn high hopes The country boys